opportunity that is. Friends, listen, did you know that there was actually a time in human history when historians say that the whole world was at peace? That's right. For about 200 years during the Roman Empire, the ancient world experienced what was called Pax Romana, or Roman peace. Now, in looking back, in retrospect, it only seemed peaceful because the Romans were really good at squashing anybody who dared to complain about their authority. But that kind of peace couldn't last. And listen to me, it didn't. And ever since then, countries have been trying desperately to create a utopia, to create a peace on earth whereby humans could know true peace. But it has never, ever happened. But the Bible says that it will happen. In fact, one day when the Lord Jesus Christ returns, the Bible says that he will establish a 1,000-year reign of peace, even though even that period will have its share of conflict known as the Battle of Armageddon. You see, ever since Adam and Eve were forced to leave the Garden of Eden, wherever people have gone, they have encountered turbulent times. It seems that human beings just have a knack for creating chaos. However, the Bible tells us that it is possible for believers like you and I to thrive even in the midst of turbulent times. And that is what this new sermon series is going to be all about. Ways that you can thrive in your Christian life no matter what kind of turbulent times you might face. You see, as Christians, while we wait for Jesus to return, we ought to be living by biblical principles that not only can help us to counteract negative worldly influences, but also it can enable us to succeed in the highest calling you have. And that is to make Jesus well known. How many of you know that that's the highest calling on your life today? Is for you to make Jesus well known. Now in spite of this truth, I got to confess. I listen to the news way, way too much. And in doing so, I allow stuff like high taxes, political corruption, misused resources, threats of war, and a dysfunctional economy. I allow those things to rob my peace. But when times get turbulent... I believe most people are prone to panic and lose their peace. But listen, y'all, as believers in Christ, what we should be doing is staying focused on God's plan as we wait for the Prince of Peace to come back and get us. Amen. 
And the Bible says clearly that he is coming back. Now, Jesus knew his share of turbulent times when he was on this planet. Think about it. He was under the constant threat of execution. He struggled with the betrayal of Judah, Judas. He struggled with the denials of Peter. He struggled with the scattering of his disciples. Yeah, Jesus knew turbulent times. But he also knew that his own, that his disciples could thrive in the midst of all those turbulent times. Friends, if you would turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14, Jesus tells us how we can thrive. That's on page 955 in the Bibles in front of you because I don't want you to hear this from some preacher. I want you to hear this from the word of God itself. You listen to God, okay, and you'll do great. In John chapter 14, Jesus himself said, let not your heart be troubled. Don't sweat the turbulent times. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may also be. And where I go, you know. And the way, you know. And then Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. And how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way. The truth. And the life. And no man comes to the Father except through me. Right there in John chapter 14, we find our very first principle for thriving in turbulent times as Jesus himself, the Son of God, the Prince of Peace, tells us why we shouldn't panic and lose our peace. He begins, Jesus saying, listen, don't panic. Don't panic. Believe in a person. Verse 1. He said, don't panic. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. You see, before Jesus came, his Jewish disciples believed in the God of Israel. And here, after three years of following the Son of God all over the place... Jesus calls them to believe in him as the son of God. Jesus knew that after he died on the cross, he knew that their faith would be profoundly shaken. And so Jesus tells them ahead of time, listen, you already believe in God. Believe also in me. Especially lately, it has been incredibly difficult for me to trust our country's leaders. Anybody else got the same problem? But listen to me. There is a human being on this planet. Who is ultimately and completely trustworthy. 
human beings will always disappoint us. And this was also true in Jesus' day. But Jesus assured his disciples, and he's assuring you this morning, that he is trustworthy. Jesus is trustworthy. You see, Jesus knew that his death would cause the disciples to doubt his claims. But he also knew that his glorious resurrection would bolster their faith. And they'd continue on until the day of their death. So the first necessity in order for you and I to thrive in turbulent times is to be sure that we trust in the world's only trustworthy person. His name is Jesus Christ. So if you're going through difficulties and you expect to do well, if you expect to thrive in the midst of chaos, you are going to have to believe who Jesus claimed to be. The only Son of God. The only trustworthy person. In other words, if you're going to be certain of your future, you're going to have to become certain today that your future is safe and sound with Jesus. If you can't get there, then you're never going to be certain of your future. Jesus said that he was going to return for, and he was going to take those who believe in him to be with him where he's now preparing. But there's a qualifier. He said, only those, only those who put their faith in him will be received by him when he returns. Only those who put their faith in Jesus. Jesus basically says this. Trust in me. And everything's going to be okay. Trust in me. And everything will be okay. Listen, life will never be perfect. Life here on earth will never be peaceful. But it will be when I come back for you. It will be. So don't panic and lose your peace. Jesus said, I'll be back. Y'all catch that? That was, that was good. That wasn't bad. That was good. Amen. But not only does Jesus say, don't panic, believe in a person. He also says, don't panic, believe in a place. Check out verse 2. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't you panic. Verse 2, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. You see, once you have settled in your own heart that you can trust in the person of Jesus Christ, the next thing that you got to do if you're going to thrive in turbulent times is believe in the place where he went, which is the place where he will return, which is the place where he's going to take me and you. The place. That place, obviously, is heaven. And there are many biblical ways that you can refer to heaven. The great city, the new Jerusalem, the place with shining streets of gold, illuminated by the glory of God. But the best way for you and I to think of heaven is just like Jesus 
declared it to be right here. He said, heaven is my father's house. Heaven is the father's house. The place that Jesus is preparing for me and you is in the father's house. And so the promises of our eternal home in the father's house is as trustworthy as the person who made the promise. And friend, listen, if anyone else had said it, you might be willing to doubt it. But the one who said, I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, no man gets to the Father but me, he's the one that said it, so I'm believing it, amen? The idea of heaven has been laughed at by a lot of people. But it's not an invention of man. Heaven is a literal place prepared for literal people like you and I, by literal Jesus, and if you place your faith in Him, you will literally go there. Amen? Literally. Now, that word there, translated mansions, is probably better understood with the word rooms. And the reason for it is this. Heaven is not about luxury. Heaven is about spaciousness in other words there's more than enough room for every disciple that has ever placed his faith in Jesus Christ you'll never have to worry about fluctuating house markets you'll never have to worry about decreasing property value why because the father's house is permanent the father's house is amazing the Father's house is large enough for every single one of us. Amen? And that's good news. And every man and woman longs for a place to belong. We long for a place to belong. The Bible says, listen to me, you belong with Father. You belong with the Father. And God has put eternity in the hearts of men and women. Listen to me, y'all. People were made to spend eternity in the presence of God. That's the way you were designed. That's the way you were created. And he's put that longing in your heart. However, our creator is holy. Our creator is just. And he cannot. And he will not allow sin into his presence. And that means that every single one of us have got a big, big problem. And that's why he sent Jesus. To die for the sins of all mankind. And listen to me. To be our holiness. To be that that we could never be. To be our holiness. And friend, when we believe in the person of Jesus and we believe in the place that he's preparing for us, there ain't no reason to panic. No reason to panic whatsoever. No reason to lose your peace. But if you're going to thrive in turbulent times, you also need to believe in a promise. Jesus said, don't you panic. Believe in my promise. When the disciples heard Jesus speaking about the Father's house, 
I envision them saying, Jesus, are you being serious? Are you being for real? Do you promise? You see, that's what, that's what a child says when they're faced with something that is really hard to believe. Do you promise? Knowing that they would think that way, Jesus gives them a promise. In verse 3, he says, And if I go to prepare a place for you, listen to the promise. I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may also be. Now listen, y'all. This is not a promise about what happens when you die. No, this is a promise about when Jesus returns to gather up all the believers that have died in the past and all the believers that happen to be alive on that day. So no matter whether you are in a spiritual state in the presence of God or whether you are in a bodily state here on earth, one day Jesus is coming to get you. How do you know, Bill? The Bible says so in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. I think the disciples were just beginning to get the message that Jesus wants you and I to understand today. Jesus wants you to get this today. Jesus intends to spend eternity with his disciples. And I pray that you are one of those. He said, I'm not leaving you permanently. It'll only be temporary, and I'll be right back. I will come again and receive you unto myself. Jesus had sought them out. He had saved them from their sins and made them safe in the hands of the Father. And when he went to prepare a place for them, he said, I'm going to be returning one day to take you back where I was. Do you believe in those facts, friend? If you believe it, say amen. Your life depends on that. Your eternal life depends on whether you can believe those facts. And if you're saved today, those first two events have already happened for you. Jesus has already sought you out. He found you. And not only did he find you, he saved you. Amen. And he's made you secure in the hands of the Father. And I want to tell you that Jesus can be trusted to fulfill the last two events in your life too. So what kind of preparations is Jesus making for me in the Father's house? What's he up to up there? Well, the short answer is, I don't know and neither do you. We can't even begin to guess what he's up to up there. All you can know for sure is that he's made you a promise. He's made you a promise that I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may also be. Woo! The promise of Jesus Christ himself. I take that personally, amen. 
So no matter how turbulent your days get, I want you to know that Jesus wants you to thrive. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to live above average. He wants you to live in excellence. And when you believe in the person of Jesus, the place that he's preparing, when you believe in his promise to come get you, then the stage is set for you to begin to thrive no matter what comes against you in this life. All that remains is for you to believe in his plan. Jesus said, don't panic. Believe in his plan. Amen. Jesus has given his disciples all the details they needed in order to be received by him when he come to get him. They've received all the details necessary to abandon their fears and to begin thriving in spite of their turbulent times. Now, only one thing remains. Jesus asks them to believe that all those details, all those unknown details are all part of the master's plan. And even in our turbulent times, Jesus asks me and you to believe that everything we're going through is part of the master's plan. About a week or so after Jesus was crucified to pay sin's penalty for everyone who would believe in him, doubting Thomas received indisputable evidence that the resurrected Jesus was standing right there in front of me. Remember what Jesus said? Put your hands here, Thomas. Put your hand here, Thomas. He learned real quick, it was the resurrected Jesus that stood before him. And Thomas said, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Boy, we should be saying that every day. My Say that with me. My Lord and my God. Hallelujah. But it was here that Thomas also was the only disciple. He was the only disciple to ask practical questions that really needed some answers. Check it out in verse 5. Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we don't know where you're going. And how can we know the way? To which Jesus replied, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through me. So what's the plan, Bill? Jesus is the plan, amen? He's the plan. He's the plan. Nothing else matters in this life beyond Jesus. You don't need to know any of the other details. It's unnecessary. All you need to know is Jesus. When you know Jesus, you know the plan. Now, the great Bible teacher, William Barclay, put it like this. He said, suppose for a second you went to a strange town and you asked somebody for directions. And the person you asked said, well, if you'll take the first road to your right, then the second road to your left, go past the light, go past the church, take the third road to the left, and the road you're looking for is the fourth one down on the right. That's what I would say too. Every one of us would probably get lost. Amen. But then suppose that same person said this. Never mind. 
Why don't you just follow me? You getting me? Why don't you just follow me? I'll take you there. That way you can't miss it. That's what Jesus did for us. That's what Jesus does for us. He doesn't just tell us about the way. He is the way. I've noticed this at Walmart. If you ask an employee at Walmart to find a particular item, they're probably going to point you off yonder and give you some lame directions and you'll never find what you're looking for. But if you go to Lowe's, you go to Lowe's and you ask for a particular item. Instead of running the risk that you won't find what you're looking for, that employee will walk you to the aisle, will walk you to the spot, will pick up the item you're looking for and say, is that it? And you'll say, yes, that's it. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I want. That's where I'm heading. That's what I need. Y'all, that's what Jesus does for us. He doesn't point his finger and say, you got to do this and you got to do that. No, what does he do? He becomes the way. He become the way which we get to heaven so that we will not miss an eternity with our creator. He's become the way. He is the way. And listen, this is important. Jesus doesn't say, I am a way. He says, I am the way. When you say it like that, that means that he's the one and only. You don't, you don't follow that way, you've got no hope. You'll never find that item at Lowe's you're looking for. He is the way. And friend, you might be accused of being an intolerant Christian, but all you've got to say is, listen, I didn't say it, Jesus did. Blame it on Jesus, he can handle it. He says, I am the way. So listen, no matter how turbulent your life gets, don't panic and lose your peace. Listen, just trust and believe that Jesus is the person who will get you there. Just trust and believe that he is preparing a place for the people that believe in him. Just trust and believe that Jesus promises that he's going to come fetch you when the time is right. Until then, just trust and believe that God has a plan and that Jesus himself is the plan. Believing and trusting in him. Believe in Jesus. Trust in what Jesus did for you on the cross. Believe that the Father wants to make you look just like him. And that's probably going to take a lifetime. And finally, just remember this. God cannot wait to spend eternity with you. He cannot wait to spend eternity with you. And he wants you to start today. He wants you to start eternity today. So will you place your faith? In God's plan to save you from sin? What's the plan? Believe in Jesus. 
and what he accomplished for you on the cross. If you've never done that before, today's your day. You can start eternity today and have much, much to look forward to, not only in this life, but in heaven for all eternal life. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for the simplicity of the gospel. Lord, I thank you that you didn't make it so challenging and difficult and uh, intellectual that I had to learn all this stuff before I could get saved. No, I had to trust and believe in the fashion. These stuff is a challenge. I praise you and I thank the Lord that, that we can be saved from sin and we can be assured that we're secure in your hand and we can be promised an eternity in heaven with you. But Lord, let us not be deceived and think that every human being is saved, that every person who comes to church is saved, that every person has trusted in the plan. Because, Lord, the truth is that they haven't. Lord, that's something that you must speak to them about individually. So, Father, I pray this morning, if there is somebody that if they were honest, when it comes to their eternal life, they are in a full-fledged panic. Because they don't know if they're going to heaven or not. But Jesus himself is clear. If you believe in the person, if you believe in the place, if you believe in the promises of the Son of God, and believe in the place, eternal life is there for the receiving as the gift of God. So Lord, you speak to every person here today, every person listening online. If there's a decision you made today, let them make it today and walk out of here a born-again believer assured